All right, here we go. Sarah here. Welcome back to another episode of Your Fucking Welcome. Today, I am really excited about our guest because her name is Shyla Cash, and she is a healing and alignment coach to high performers and the founder of the School of Embodied Systems. And what I want to tell you quickly about Shyla is that we've been connected for quite a while. And I remember a couple of years ago, probably like, what, like two and a half years ago, we had a conversation. She booked me for a one-on-one call and we were chit-chatting about her business and she was talking you know, how she was aiming to help women with trauma and so on and so forth. And I'm laughing because I just remember this conversation where I was like, oh, those people, like those people who have experienced trauma. And I was like, so separate from it. Like I had no concept that that word, that heavy word trauma applied to me, somebody who hasn't been through, I don't know, anything really, really horrible, no big deaths, no big illnesses. Like I've lived a pretty boring life, to be honest with you. And again, I'm laughing, you know, two and a half years later, because I see so clearly now how just uninformed and uneducated I was when it came to what is really going on in our bodies and the way in which our experiences play such a role in how we operate on a day-to-day basis. And so I am, God knows, not an expert on this. Thus why Shyla is here. And so I'm here not as, uh, I don't know, I'm, this is like an exploratory conversation for me and I want to learn all the things and ask the questions that I think will be really helpful for all of you. And so I'm excited to dive in and thank you, Shyla, for being here. I'm so happy to be here, Sarah. Yay. Thank you. Okay. Let's just start. You and I were talking a little bit before we got started, but like, let's just define or hear your definition of trauma, because again, we can be this heavy and really misunderstood word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking before we started and I was kind of going, going into some of it, but essentially how, how I would explain and describe trauma is from a body-based perspective, not from an emotional perspective, not from a psychological perspective just looking at, first of all, I'm going to back up actually, because I have an impulse to talk about this. And that is first understanding stress, I think can be helpful as a bridge to understanding trauma from this more physiological place from like this nervous system place. So we all know that we have like a stress tolerance, right? There's this threshold where we can handle stress until we can't, right? until it's just not possible to to type that one next stroke on the keyboard. It's just not possible to show up for that thing. It's like, I'm maxed out. I'm, and most people call that burnout, right? And so understanding that that is happening, not mentally, not emotionally, that's physically, right? Like when you are that stressed out that you physically just can't do one more thing, that is overwhelm, right? That is stress. And so if we, if we connect that concept to trauma and understanding, we were talking before about like, what, I haven't been to war. Like, why would I have trauma? Which is what a lot of people's understanding is, or more, my family was, was fine. It was healthy. Um, why would I have trauma? And the first thing I want to say is that trauma has nothing to do with the event. It has nothing to do with the event that occurred because one event can occur and two bodies can respond to that completely differently depending on their stress tolerance, their capacity for stress. And that's a physical capacity, not necessarily, not necessarily a mental capacity, right? And so trauma is not an event. It is your personal body's response to the event to the point that it has become more than a stress. It has tipped over 
into overwhelm. And when that happens, the body does a whole bunch of things to help you survive that situation. And depending on your age, depending on your resources, depending on your physical health, and depending on the relationships early in your life, your body is going to have a response that is either, this is a stress, I can meet it, I have the capacity to meet it and move through this stress and be, be impacted by it as a human being, but not have a memory of it 10 years later or not have chronic pain 10 years later or not have, right? Whereas another person can go through that event and the demands of the stress are just too much to meet. And that is when the body stores trauma. And so it's the body that stores trauma. And trauma is essentially just that the massive amount of energy that your body moves into motion to get you through something that you perceive, really important to note that word perceive, that you perceive in from a physiological level, not mentally, but your body perceives your biology as like a human animal perceives that this is life-threatening. As soon as your body perceives that, it moves into motion, it releases a bunch of systems to get you through that. And if you can't, it will store that energy. And that is what leads to a lot of the chronic conditions and the high-functioning anxiety, high-functioning depression, sleep issues, all kinds of things that we see that are very common and have become unfortunately normalized in our culture. And certainly in entrepreneurial culture, there's like this attitude of like, we got to get it done, which I'm not shitting on that, that there is, a, there is an element of that. That's good. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I get it. Right. <laughs> We're not just going to be like, you know, doing nothing. We're not going to be never experiencing stress. But I think the key is understanding that if your body is storing trauma as a result of going through something that was too much for your body to process, then your body is stuck in that survival process. And so how I approach trauma and trauma healing is moving your body, your physiology out of that survival process so that your life naturally becomes much more livable again. So that was a really long answer. Love it. Short answer is too much, too soon, too fast or too little for too long. I like the long answer. I'm fully good with the long answer. No, you know, one of the things that came up for me as you were talking is I can fully admit that I get a little bit triggered when I hear people kind of shit on the whole hustle culture or like the people who just work their lives away. Not because it's not because they're not wrong. Like I'm certainly not advocating for like working your life away, but it's also like nobody wants to do that. It's, it's such right. a survival mode thing, right? It's not like right. I need more, I need more as much money as I can possibly have. And like, I, I'll never stop until I have a billion dollars. Like there's truly something that happens where like I, I, I have felt, and I know so many clients have felt like they genuinely can't stop. Like they can't yeah. get off the train. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're describing there is actually a sign of your nervous system being stuck in what's called the sympathetic branch of the nervous system. It's essentially the get up and go that we want to have because we want to be able to like get up, fold the clothes, show up for our business, move, move through life, right? That's that sympathetic branch of the nervous system that when that's activated, we have the capacity to move. But when it's overactivated as a result of survival stress, as a result of trauma, it's, it's not fluid. It's not like, okay, I need to be moving and now I'm ready to stop and I can stop. It's like, 
okay, I need to be moving and I'm ready to stop, but I feel like I can't stop moving. And that is a state of the body. That is actually when your nervous system has become stuck up in that sympathetic state as a result of trauma and stored survival stress and patterns that were established probably for, for many years in most people. It's wild. Like we can sit there and talk about, you know, I'll, I'll say to clients or, or my audience, whatever, that like, again, you resting, you taking time for yourself, it's going to make you more money it, because it's always going to lend itself to more ideas, so on and so forth. And that seems like such a fluffy concept, but like factually, scientifically, we're not meant to be productive 24 hours a day. And it's just, again, it's wild to me how many of us will make ourselves wrong for not overachieving in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, there's so much we could say about that. <laughs> you, you say whatever you want to say. Yeah. The first thing I would say is that it's, it's a very unique kind of suffering because it is celebrated. It's changing now, but it is celebrated in our culture too. And we even hear this word, especially in the entrepreneurial space. We're like, that guy's a machine, right? Like we celebrate that that inability to turn off. And again, to one extent, as an entrepreneur, it's like, I have nothing against hustling. I have nothing against working. I have nothing against putting the pedal to the metal and grinding when it needs to be done. But my curiosity is, okay, hold on. What is the state of your body when you are doing that, right? Like what what state are you in and what happens when that, when, when your life, a life needs things to be healthy, right? It's like an organizing principle of life that one thing we can't just be, we can't just have one state of being. And what happens is, is we have this one state of being that's worked for us. That's been celebrated because we've been able to get good grades. We've been able to bring in money for our business. We've been able to be successful in that state. But is that all that's available to your nervous system? Because if that's all that's available, then we're going to start seeing chronic health issues show up. We're going to start seeing relational stuff show up, dysregulation show up. And then you're going to reach the point of diminishing returns where all of a sudden putting the pedal to the metal is and now it's not as productive as it once was. Because as we get older, our body's ability to keep that frenetic pace and the cost of that starts to dwindle. I think that's true across the board, but it's also amazing to me. And what I want everyone to hear too, is how I feel like it applies double to those of us with personal brands that are like, we're not selling pencils. We're selling (laughs) ourselves. And like the idea that like, we think burning ourselves out to that extent is a positive thing. is just wild to me. Right. And I think what I'd like to say about that too, is like, Number one, are you aware that there's another option? And number two, if you're aware that there's another option, what happens in that space when you try to stop? A few things can happen, right? When you try to stop, if you notice that you you move down quickly, like as soon as you stop and you decide you're going to take a vacation, you rest. And if you're the type that when you do that, you you get sick right away, you just kind of crash. It's like there's no resources available once you've made that intention to stop and you crash, then what's happening is your body's going into another state, which is called the parasympathetic dorsal state. I like to call it the deep down shutdown. 
Okay, so most of us that have trauma patterns, we're cycling between this high, high, get up and go sympathetic state of urgency. I call it like, a, it's like a raw nerve feeling. There's sort of like this hum, this buzz that's always there in the background when we're stuck there. And then what happens? Yeah, exactly. And then what happens if you try to rest and you stop and you, you crash, then we know that there are physiologically speaking, trauma patterns, your nervous system is dysregulated. And so if you're that person, that's like, I can't stop. Listen, I understand. I understand. I believe you. I believe that you want to stop. I believe that you can't stop. And there is hope. Like you can learn to balance where you're not shifting so rapidly between these basically cycles of burnout, you know, in your work. And of course, if we're business owners, our work always bleeds into our life like there's just not an option right there's 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 this seesaw happening in your energy and your relationships in your work and that's what I'm really passionate about giving body-based tools and in-depth scientific education and spiritual support to help the body to help your body shift out of that cycle because it's a body cycle you're like no I'm resting I'm on vacation but it's like but you're it's still your body on vacation with you right it's still your nervous system on vacation with you and what happens is your rest isn't as restorative your sleep isn't as restorative and then there's there's consequences to that so well that's such an interesting part too like and I've never really thought about it that way is that again, you know, I'm not trained in this stuff. So my answer is take a vacation, right? And like anyone can take a vacation. That's great. But if you are just off for a week only to return back to, I mean, that's, that's assuming you didn't actually work the whole time on vacation, which I think is, you know, another thing in and of itself. But like, if you're actually off for a week and then you're just returning back to the same circumstances, sure. Again, you might feel better, but it's so temporary. Whereas again, like learning and understanding these things about your body and emotions and so on and so forth. That's, that's the real change. That's the real transformation. I think so many of us need more than we have any clue of. Right. Right. And even that rest that you take that week off that you take, it will, if your nervous system is dysregulated, it will not be restorative. It will not be reparative. Yeah it will be really challenging for you to, to switch. Like I said, you know, a regulated nervous system, it moves, it's fluid through these states. But when it comes to dysregulation, it's like, we're, we're, it's clunky. It's like, we're on, we're off, we're on, we're off. And it's a, it's a, it's a physiological thing that's happening. And you might even be saying to yourself, no, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. I'm resting. I'm resting. And you're sitting there and you're resting and you're trying to read your book and you're like gripping your book. Like (laughs) Like you're about to die. You're like, I'm resting, you know, (laughs) it's like, okay, there might be something going on with your nervous system. If it's really hard for you to rest and to reach a place, that sort of window of tolerance, calm, parasympathetic place where rest is even available from a, from a body-based perspective. That makes I, don't know if this is, I don't know if this is a silly question, but do you feel like, obviously I know, you know, you've only lived in your when you've lived. Right. So like, it's hard for you to say as opposed to previously, but I just feel so strongly that phones, social media, so on and so forth, they play such an intense role in all of this. Yeah. It's a chicken. I think it's a chicken or the egg situation for sure. Um, because I wouldn't say that it's not like our ancestors were like these, (laughs) you know, amazingly regulated, 
right. people, right? But at the same time, it's like it's like adding fuel to the fire because especially when you look at a lot of the neurotransmitter pieces that go on when we have dysregulated nervous systems, we tend to have dopamine imbalances, serotonin imbalances. And what happens when we're looking at screens a lot is that that imbalance becomes, uh, it, it, it gets reinforced and deepened and widened. Um, so I think it can be harder, especially if you have a nervous system that's really stimulation oriented, like it's stimulation seeking all the time, which as entrepreneurs, we are sort of stimulation seeking personalities. Um, and I think that it exacerbates that, that go, you know, it shortens that span of ability to, to be at sort of a resting state, if that makes sense. Okay. So where does, let's just say for the purpose of the woman listening to this now, I'm sure she is, she's not as clueless as I was about trauma, but let's just pretend she's about there, right? (laughs) Where does, let's say she is somebody who is, you know, building her business. Maybe she's making money. She's having some success, but she's not finding any calm or comfort or safety, no matter how much money she makes, no peace. What is her first step? Like, what do you walk your clients through first and foremost? Well, if, if I would say if the word trauma, if there's something about that word that is like, oh, you know, it's hitting you, there's something in your system that's resonating with that word, then that, then that's something to notice firstly. And then the second thing I would say would be to start to notice how you feel when you're doing certain things. And when I say feel, I don't mean how you're, how you emotionally feel, although maybe that's where you start. Right. But one of the, one of the first things that I tell people to do is to set a timer three times in the day, just random times. And when that timer goes off, just pause and look around the room. And as you look around the room, just notice what's going on with you? What's happening? Is there a buzz? Do you feel amazing and great? Are there some like random like tears at the surface for no reason, right? Like what's going on with you? Like just what is, what's there? And I just say, do that three times a day for three to five minutes, just just noticing like what's happening. And in that time, follow your impulses. You know, if you pause and you notice that you're hungry, eat something, you're thirsty, drink something, you have to go pee, go pee, right? You feel just a random impulse to change rooms where you're working or go outside, do it. Because what that's doing is that's starting to get a conversation going between you and this, you know, amazing mainframe in your body, your nervous system. Because what can happen if you're not able to notice what's happening with you, your sensations and what's happening in your body is that you can just get stuck in momentum and doing the same thing over and over. And we know that our bodies become dependent on what they do the most, whether it's healthy or not. So if you've been in that cycle, just recognize like your body is dependent on that cycle. And what's important is not that you rush to change it, but that you start to notice what is going on in your body when you're in that cycle, like what's happening, right? 
And that will give you a lot of information as to how you actually feel. Because we've been taught to just sort of, I mean, in school, you ask to go pee, the teacher says yes or no. You like, we've been taught to sort of just ignore the cues that our bodies give us. And I think that's part of the reason why there is so much trauma um, in people, in why there is so much chronic illness and, and all of these emotional issues that we're seeing, including focus issues and ADHD is because we really struggle to actually hear and understand the cues that our bodies are, are giving us. I'm sure you feel this way, but it just makes me so angry that I don't know. I, I can't remember ever being taught even the slightest bit to like be connected to our bodies or pay any attention to it. Everything is about, again, the good grades, the, you know, getting it right or wrong and just how much there is there in terms of, even when I started working with a somatic coach two years ago, I, and even sometimes now I really genuinely struggle to like give an answer that's about my body. I, I cannot get out of my head or, or get out of the pattern of wanting to give the right answer. And it's just wild to me how you breathing a different way can change your entire fucking life. And none of us are taught this on a basic level. Mm, That hits me, that hits me so, so deeply because I, you know, and I think there is an awakening happening now, but you know, even when you say that, I just feel like tears coming to my eyes because it's so true. And I don't know if this came from the era of like, you know, the enlightenment, like I think therefore I am, you know, it's like, I, I I'm thinking that that means I'm existing, but it's like, no, I am. Therefore I am like, I, I exist. And I don't know, you guys probably don't know my story that are listening, but, you know, I grew up with a manic depressive, paranoid schizophrenic mom, generational trauma. And, and it was tough, right? Like without getting, getting into trauma porn and details, like it was a really tough upbringing. And just as part of my survival, my body just like everybody else's body is designed to go to, to do things to help us get through that stuff. And one of the things that the body will do is it will, it will remove us from our experience. It's like, it will take us out. We, you hear this phrase, take, take us out of our bodies. That's what it is. But really it's the efficiency of the body to say, there's way too much information going on. There's too much stimuli going on. So we need to remove some of that from you right? And so we disconnect. I disconnected to survive, you know, a particularly abusive and dysfunctional childhood. And when I was 21, I had been in therapy for a couple of years, but it was when I was 21 that I literally said out loud, I have a body. I have a body. It was like, I, up until that point, my body existed to take my head from place to place. That was the point of it, right? It was to just carry around this brain in a jar through life. And when I realized that I had a body, it was like, oh my God, I have this whole intelligence. I call it whole body intelligence that I had not been able to access to have access to because my body has been storing so much stress. And it was like, I found, I found my home in myself, in my body. And, you know, many of you that are watching this probably haven't had or may have had as dramatic an early life experience as me, but still 
like Sarah said, there is this just inherent disconnection from the body. It's this prioritization of the rational mind and what you think about, and you're asked to, to explain things and be reasonable. And there's nothing wrong with being rational and logical, but it's to our detriment. I think we're over-reliant on the mind, not recognizing that we have a brain that connects to the spinal cord, that connects to our nervous system, that's feeding information through us that is not reasonable and logical and not rational, but it is highly sophisticated and highly intelligent. And I think a lot of the issues that we run into and a lot of the challenges that we come up against and come up against partly are because we don't have that full synchronicity and connection to our whole being. It's like we're missing all these pieces of the puzzle. And then the last thing I'll say about this too is that, you know, a lot of us are taught, especially in personal development, that, you know, our thoughts create our results and mind over matter. And that's true. Like, I'm not here to shit on that. That's true. Like we create our reality, et cetera. But where do the thoughts come from, right? Well, 80% of the information that is floating through our heads that we think are thoughts, you know, that just exists sort of in this, like I call it the, the mind metaverse. We think we just have a thought, we just open it up and just switch it and put a new one in, but it doesn't work that way. The mm -hmm. thoughts are connected to your organs. They're connected to your muscular motion. They're connected to your fascia and your breath. And 80% of the thoughts you think are coming from the state of your body, not the other way around. So it's really interesting and just really, I could talk forever about that piece, Sarah, just about, you know, how we are not taught about that connection. Yeah. You know, when you say, so that I'm getting this right, when you say 80% of our thoughts are coming from the body and you and correct me again if I'm wrong here, but how it makes sense to me is I I could have experienced something when I was five, 10 years old, and it could have been so minor to anybody else, somebody else that was in the room, or if it had it happened to somebody else. But the bottom line is I felt shame, I felt embarrassed, I felt wronged, I felt alone for whatever reason. And that kind of imprinted in my body somehow. And so then when I'm operating on a day-to-day -day basis, those thoughts that are going through my head, the 80% are nonsense. And they're stemming from, again, these things, because why I'm saying it this way too, is because what I'll, again, I'm not trained in this, so I'm never trying to pretend like I, I know this stuff. But when I am talking to clients, a lot of times they'll say something like, oh, well, you know, maybe this happened when I was little and that's so stupid. And like, they're so dismissive of that. And they're not understanding that actually those events really truly leave an imprint on our body. And so, I don't know, I'm just making sure that I'm getting that right. And, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even before that, right? Like what was happening when you were in your mother's womb? What was your birth like? Right. That is but that is so fundamental, even to patterns that you shape against, not you, I'm talking about the general you, right? The general sense of the you, that the patterns that we are up against, and it's like, oh, I thought I dealt with this. I thought the root of this. Sometimes those patterns go so deep and so far back, right? That when you start to tap into the physiology, these are birth patterns. These are patterns that our parents were dealing with. These are patterns that their parents were dealing with because where does stress go when it starts? It doesn't just go away, right? And when our, our mothers are pregnant with us, guess what? That's what we're germinating in. That's what we're marinating in. Those are the signals that we're getting. And so that imprinting process starts 
right there. And then the first three years that we're out of the womb is where a lot more of that imprinting happens. So we can know something in our prefrontal cortex, that front area of the brain and know, well, this is ridiculous. Obviously I know that I'm worthy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. That part of you, that logical part of you understands and knows that you're worthy. But what do your cells think about that? What does your nervous system think about that? What happens in your breath when you tap into that? That's really what you believe. That's because that's a part of your physiology. And really what excites me about that is not so that we can go back and think about everything that went wrong, but it's once we identify a gap, we can see how that gap shows up in the present through the movements, through the breath, through the relational patterns, through the sensations, and then we can fill that gap. And those things that you've been working on with your mindset and your spiritual work and your emotional work, you've been in your journal freaking just like hashing that out for three years, start to open up without you even zeroing in on that pattern. Just you starting to work with your physiology and release some of the chronic stress you've been holding, right? And increase your capacity for stress. Suddenly it's like that thing that you've been really working at just like opens up. So it's very, I love what you said about imprinting. That's the word that I use. You know, we have these imprints and they're imprints on ourselves. They're imprints on our physiology, on our way of being. They're not just like thoughts that we think they're, 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 they're coming from somewhere. They're bound up in us and we can release those binds. We can open those up just through contact with the body without even talking about the story because the story exists right here right here when you said I forget exactly how you said it but okay we're opening those channels if you will up and I know that there are obviously so many tools to work through that and to have it feel a little bit less stressful but I also know that it can also feel so overwhelming all the tools that there are and sometimes it can feel just like you're digging at all your old shit all the time and almost like nothing's getting solved. And so, I don't know, I'm just curious to hear more about your process or your, some of your top beliefs when it comes to like, okay, we open that up. How do we move through this? And not maybe, maybe saying fix it for good isn't the right way to say it, but at least get a little bit closer to it not being such a repeating pattern in our lives. Yeah, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. And the first thing I'll say about that is it doesn't have to be that overwhelming. And I think this is where we've kind of been led astray a little bit. And, you know, it's like, what happens is there, we start to want to process things. We start to want to process things through. And what can happen is we can start to want to emotionally process things. But we talked earlier in the beginning about our capacity, our stress tolerance. And if those emotions are overwhelming, if that story is overwhelming when you go into it, then that means that you don't have the capacity to stress tolerance to just process that emotion yet. There are foundations that need to be put in place to build the capacity to provide you with the resources to set up your foundations so that you can so that the body really can naturally move through that stuff. A good example is like, if you're going to work out and you've never worked out before and you're going to work out with a physical trainer, yeah, you want to build muscle. You want to be able to lift, you know, let's say 150 and squat on the squat rack, 150. But if that trainer 
is a good trainer and they know that you've never lifted weights in your life, they're not gonna be like, okay, go over to the squat rack, lift 150, right? Because why? Like it's gonna crash, it's gonna crash your system, you're gonna be injured, you're gonna be out. And I think unfortunately, this is what happens in a lot of therapeutic spaces and a lot of spiritual spaces. It's like, okay, let's process that. But depending on the capacity and the nervous system regulation that's in place in that nervous system and in that body, processing that could be the equivalent of lifting 150, squatting 150 and never being in the gym before. So where do we start, right? Like, how do we set that up? Well, the trainer is going to say, first of all, they're just going to orient you to the gym. They're going to give you a tour. This is how this machine works. This is what this is. Okay. Right. You're starting to get, you're getting a sense of the place. Then they're going to say, okay, we're going to work on the basics, right? It's doing a squat. How do you hold your back? Don't round your back. No weights, right? You're just going to do a body weight squat. And that might even be enough to make you like a little bit sore the next day, but it's not going to like take you out, right? That is how I work with the nervous system, right? You're coming to me, you're working on a trauma. You, you, you know that there's this stuff showing up in your life, could be anything from chronic illness to childhood abuse to an isolated incident. We're not just going to go sit down and be like, hey, tell me about the incident, right? We're going to sit down. And I'm going to see, we're going to see where you're at. Like, what is it even like just being in this space, right? What are you noticing right now in your body, in your physiology, right? And that's going to give me the opportunity to see, right? Where, where is the capacity? Where is the regulation? Because I don't want to give you 150 pounds to lift. If that's going to have you on the couch for three months, especially if you're, if you have a flow of life, you're an entrepreneur, you're a mom. You've got all this stuff going on. I don't want you out for three months, right? I want you just doing that body weight squat. So we start with what's showing up in the body now. What's the capacity? And just doing small things that help you feel and sense that brain-body connection. Just to start that, right? And all kinds of stuff can open up just with that without ever talking about anything, without ever bringing that story up. I mean, pieces of the story might show up, images might show up, but we're always working to make sure that we're not crossing that threshold of overwhelm so that you're re-traumatized, it's exhausting. It's like, we don't want that. We want this approach where you're becoming more and more functional consistently over time. So you might be a little like, ooh, tender after a session, but you're not gonna be out right? So that's that the approach. Yeah. A little soreness. That's, yeah. That's, that's the goal. Right. And a lot of people, especially in personal development have been doing that. It's like, we have been trying, we've been trying to work this out. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. And you might not know that doing that is actually decreasing your stress tolerance. It's actually might be over-processing. Like it might be doing nothing to actually get at the root of the stored stress in your body. And it might be re-traumatizing. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really important point to make just with, you know, I think with so many of the people who work with me who are in my world uh, and I, you know, I'd be lying to say that I've maybe I've never been guilty of it, but I think a lot of people are talking about a lot of things that they don't 
fully understand, right? Like they're opening up wounds that shouldn't be opened. And then, you know, we don't have the tools and the capacity to, again, like not re-traumatize or, or, or again, we're giving people the 150 pound weights. And I think that's very common in this space. And I don't know, I just say that because I don't know, I believe that 99% of us are doing the best job that we possibly can balanced out yeah. with, we're not equipped to talk about everything. And like, there are, especially if you're somebody who, I don't know if, if a lot of this is resonating, like there are professionals like Shyla, who, you know, she is deeply trained in this and, and understands all of this on a really in-depth level. And if it's not something you've ever tried before, this type of coaching, this type of healing, you know, it's certainly something for you to explore versus just that next marketing program to make more money. Cause that's actually not going to solve all your problems the way, again, especially we're talking like on a body level, the things that are actually going on on, on a deeper level there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what a lot of my clients find too, is that a lot of the stuff they've learned so much stuff, like we have this rich personal development world available to us and this knowledge available to us that we never had before. We can learn about all this stuff, but it's, if, if all it's doing, I use this funnel analogy. It's like, you know, those old plastic funnels that you used to have as a kid, like (laughs) you, you pour something through it so that it doesn't spill. Right. What happens, I think a lot of times in personal development, because this knowledge of the nervous system is, is so new and, and not a lot of people know about it is we learn so much because we have the availability to learn it and learning is amazing. But then it's like, there's this disconnect where you're going to embody it. You're going to move into it. You're, you're practicing it. And it's like, all this stuff is going wrong. And you're, you're just like stuck between what you know and, and what you're able to move with and apply. So it's like your brain's over here and your body's back here. And it's like, what's happening? It's that funnel. It's like, there's so much stuff in there, but if there's sore trauma, if there's chronic freeze and chronic stress, there's not the capacity in your system, your whole body system to actually take that stuff and and all that amazing stuff that you've learned past, past that like level, you know, because there's too much stress floating around in here. There's too much dysregulation. And so if we can, we can, open up some space here, create some regulation. It's like, Oh my God, all of a sudden that thing that I learned two years ago, like just landed in me. And I'm just naturally starting to apply that. Why? Because I've created space in my system to be able to hold that and move with that and learn that and and have the energy to, to apply that. You know, it's like, you know, I, I know that I'm worthy. I've taken so many money courses. I've taken this and that I've taken this and that, but I can't, I can't. It's like, okay. Okay. Right. And then we start to do this deeper regulation work and trauma healing work and chronic stress work. And it's like, suddenly these things are opening naturally. They seem so unrelated. Right. But it's like, oh, oh, I can move with it. It's like, my brain's no longer here. My body's here. They've come together. And that's, that's why I call myself healing alignment, because that's the alignment. It's like that coherence between your whole self that makes business so much more joyful, more easy, and makes the stress chewable and not like, you know, completely disorienting and dysregulating. I'm curious, because I know like you're saying like you dove into a lot of this, especially like at, at 21, like you'd been doing therapy and then kind of understood you had a body and dove into all of this. Right, right how did, how was the journey then when you became an entrepreneur 
like, did that like throw you for a loop and like, oh God, I have to learn this all over again. in like this new way, I'm just curious about that. That's such a good question. Well, when I first became an entrepreneur, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to become a coach and I'm going to do this. And I quit my job and I was working in banking for many years, working in um, investment managing. And I quit my job. And that first month I knew what was going on. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm in dorsal. I'm, I'm not like, right. I'm like, whoa, it was like, I had, I had rushed into it. Right. And I was showing up, but I, it was, it was tough. I was using my tools, but it was really tough. And ultimately what I did just knowing my system after about eight months of that, I, I had signed like three clients. Right. And I think I had maybe was talking to you at that point. I think it was before I had gone back to work actually. And, um, I realized like, oh, I thought I had the capacity for this, but I'm realizing that I don't have the capacity for this. I need that income coming in. And as soon as that happened, it was like, my business was just like, I went from like, you know, $2,000 to then I went from 4,000 then to 8K months and 20K months. And it was just like, it just kept going and going and going. And it was so much easier. And then I left again about a year after that. Um, so that was kind that's kind of just like a, a bit into my journey and why, but why I did go back was because I knew what was happening with my nervous system and I knew the stretch that was happening. And I was starting to feel that stretch go beyond, you know, beyond the point of being tolerable where it could become a trauma. Right. And I, that's when I, you know, made the decision to go back, go back to work. I love that you said that. And I feel like this is something that we've got to talk about like just more often in this space that like, okay, if we're talking about all this trauma stuff as a human being, how difficult regulating our nervous system, like regulating stress, how difficult it can all be, let alone we throw in the journey of entrepreneurship where we have to support ourselves and we don't know when the next dime is coming in, especially in those early stages. And I will talk to so many people who feel like a quote unquote failure for like going back to work or getting a job. And I'm like, I really, if I were just to give myself one piece of advice, going back to the beginning, it would have been to get a freaking part-time job at Starbucks, something because the, the stress that the money again puts on you is, you know, we all know like it's, it's, it's crippling, it's paralyzing. And so in those moments, I'm just stressing that, that like, it's not something that's just going on cerebrally. It's not, I don't know. Again, I think everyone just listened to these coaches that preach that everything's easy, so on and so forth. In that moment of stress with this new, again, entrepreneurial journey, like so much is going on for you. And so I love that you were smart enough to be like, I know what's going on. And I know that I need to do something to make me calmer here. And then obviously it like grew into such bigger things, but I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and, and again, like, don't, there are some people who have, again, we're talking about not an event. We're talking about how your body handles it. So don't look at people (laughs) who quit and like, they go all in. They, that means, what does that mean? That means they have the capacity for that, right? For they've been in the gym longer to use that analogy, right? They have the capacity to just quit and go. Some people do, right? And some people have the capacity to then that stress won't become a trauma. And some people don't. So if you're like, no, I think I can quit, like I'm good. Okay, go ahead, do it, right? You can trust that. 
But if you're the type of person that's like, oh my God, I'm terrified to quit, but I think I have to do this to be a good entrepreneur, to, to show that I'm all in, like, right? That might be the worst thing to do to your nervous system. And you may set your entrepreneurial journey back three to five years, right? By doing that, rather than just assessing like what it is that you need, what is the support that you need? And maybe for you, it's not going back to work. Maybe for you, it's asking for a loan from your grandparents or whatever it is that makes you feel resourced internally and supported in a felt sense way. Not where you're talking, I'm, so, I'm safe, I'm safe. Not where you're talking yourself into it, but where you actually go, okay, okay, that helped me. Like I'm clear, I can do this. Whatever it is, don't be ashamed of that because it means that you're able to listen and hear what's going on, the feedback and the signals that you're getting from your body, and you're able to respond to them. And that is a skill that is going to save you a million times more in entrepreneurship than overriding what your instincts are telling you. Oh, I love this so much. And I, I just, I want to stress this point. Because I've heard from so many people that have said things like this, even just a similar conversation around why one person can, you know, invest their last dime in a coach and thrive and the right. other can like struggle. And I know that this is a very cliche thing to say, but we are all on our own path. But I hope yes. this conversation illuminates that even more so that what we have lived through, the experiences in our body, the way that we react to stress is all so different. And so I'm always stressing to clients in group programs, whatever, like, yes, it's a group program but I'm giving you group advice and it's up yeah. to you to put it through your filter and decide how it applies to you because I have no idea again, how you're processing this. Right. 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 Because again, you would not go into the gym on your first day and look at somebody that's squatting 150 and be like, Hey, I should be doing that right now. Right. You would be like, you know, I'm good because when I lift these 10 pounds, I feel it. Yeah. right? Like I feel these 10 pounds. Why on earth would I go and break my arm with 30? Why would I do that? Right. I can feel the impact, the stretch, right. And this is enough. This is enough for me to grow my muscles. It's the same with your nervous system, even with relationships, your nervous, that's an organizing principle of the nervous system. Like it's all about, we call it titration. It just means you know, you're putting in pieces at a time, right? When we talk about trauma renegotiation, we're not going to swallow a whole trauma hole in one session, right? We're going to take a piece of that knot, just a piece and just tease it out a little bit for you so that you can, oh, okay, right? I got this. So it's the same with anything. You're struggling to set boundaries. Don't go balls to the walls. If you feel like you're going to die when you set boundaries, start smaller, start with 10 pounds, start with three pounds, right? When you're raising your prices, oh my God, Veronica over at, I don't know, I'm going to make up some uh, Veronica. Yep. <laughs> Veronica over at like embodied perfection. Um, you know, she charges 80 K for a year. I should be doing that. Okay. Why don't you start with raising your price from 4k to 6k? Like, why are we going to 80? Right? Like titrate that for yourself. And know that that's okay. And know that you, when you do that, you are actually increasing over time, just like with weights, your body's capacity for stress so that the next time you can do it more and you can do it more. So it's the same, just like with lifting weights, you know, that 10 pounds is really hard for me this week. Next week, it's 12 next week. It's, and then, you know, six months later, I am at 150 on the squat rack, right? It doesn't mean that you're not there now. So you'll never be there. 
It means just meet yourself where you are and you'll get there faster with more health and more, more resilience. And the parallel I feel just called to make sure that we're pointing out here that comes up for me is again, as somebody who like identifies more as like cerebral, it can be easy to, you can say, okay, if you pick up the 30 pound weight, it's going to hurt you. Okay. Then you physically feel that when we're overworking, right. And we think we can take on more. We think we can do the 30 pound workload. And then we might not physically feel it appreciating pain in that moment. But what you're creating for yourself is the equivalent of hurting yourself physically. And I think that's really important to embrace because even if you don't realize it right now, things are going on that are going to lead to problems in the future that you have to just get ahead of. Absolutely. And that's why tracking is so important because a lot of us are in what's called a functional freeze where we have this stuff going on within us and we don't realize it, right? We have these feelings, like you said, and we don't realize it. We have sensations going on and we don't realize it. And so you can tell yourself, oh, I'm good to do that, right? I'm good to speak at that event in front of 10,000 people, right? And then you get there and you're like, you know, I'm blanking on the stage. Okay, right? There's something there. There's a connection there that we need to make so that you actually know what your body, what your physiological and physical stress capacity actually is. And the only way we can start to, to do that is to start to track, like I said, three times a day, like what is happening, right? It's like that classic example of someone you're like, you know, calm down. They're like, I'm not mad, <laughs> right? It's like, they're not even aware that they're mad, right? And that's how so many of us live our lives because we've had to, because it's a survival mechanism, because things have happened where we haven't had time. You know, if you're in the wild running from a tiger, you're not like, okay, let me stop and process my feelings. Like you don't have time for that. you got to yeah. run, but that's designed to be, we run away from the tiger, we come back. But most of us, we're just living like that without even knowing, Yeah, you know, our, 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 like I said earlier, our nervous system is stuck in these states and we don't know it until we start to know, like really pause and notice and make a habit of it, engaging that neuroplasticity to make those connections again. It's like, I'm talking a lot. So just pause me whenever you have a question, but keep on. I always say when I'm training practitioners in, in the school of embodied healing systems, there's normal. And then there's natural. It's like, it's normal to have a chronic illness. It's normal to, to just carry anxiety around. It's normal to be depressed. It's normal to be exhausted. It's normal to, it's normal. It's normal. It's normal. But is it actually natural, right? It's not normal to be connected to our body and to be listening and to say, Oh, something's going on, right? To feel those instincts and to move by that, that primal instinct. It's not normal, but it's so natural. And when we're living in that natural alignment, life is better. We are healthy. We are nature after all, right? There's all these organic, my body's processing the shrimp that I had for lunch, just naturally doing that. It's turning into feces. It's, it's, it's using my gut bacteria to eat that up. That's nature happening inside me. So I don't want to try and force my body to do what my mind says it should. I want to help to support my mind to be in alignment with the nature that's happening inside of me already. Yes. Right. And that's where we get to the genius work and the ease of work, which doesn't mean work is always easy. <laughs> it just means that that fluidity and flexibility of ease in your life and work as an entrepreneur is available when you're following 
that natural alignment. Everybody else is saying, no, it's normal to do this. It's normal. It's normal. It might be normalized, but it doesn't mean it's natural and it doesn't mean it's healthy. And I think we are paying for that on such a massive scale. I mean, I was just reading some studies a couple of months ago about entrepreneurs and the statistics on stress and how they handle stress, just a very rudimentary basic study. And it's like, why has this become normalized? We can do, there's a better way, right? Like we can follow our calling. We can have our pure ambition. We can go for things without destroying our health, our relationships. Like we don't have to do that, right? And that's what I'm so, so passionate about. It's like, yes, you can have your ambition. You can have your goals. Absolutely you can. But there's an even better way to do it you can take aligned action. You can follow the harmony within you, right? And not, and not just put that to the side and deal with it when suddenly you're in a facility for two months dealing with burnout, right? Yeah. Well, right. Like you will deal with these things eventually. Yes. Whether, whether you want to or whether you are forced to, right? Like it will happen yes. eventually. Yes, yeah. exactly. And a lot of us, our parents didn't have the tools. They didn't have the skills to deal with it. They didn't deal with it in their life. And we're dealing with it, right? We're dealing with grandpa's alcoholism and, and, and grandma's trauma from immigration and this horrible thing that happened in the family line six generations down that nobody dealt with. We're dealing with it, right? And I think we're in such a cool time now where I always say, you know, the, it's the intersection between science and spirituality because the science is confirming that we have the body language, we know about the nervous system states, we have all these amazing, you know, professors in labs studying this, many of them Jewish, by the way, it says a lot about intergenerational trauma. A lot of these, you know, Jewish doctors in labs in their life's work, spending time studying the body. And really all they're doing is confirming what, what our ancestors kind of knew all along, what spiritually we've known all along, right? But they're intersecting now where we have the tools, we have the skills, we have the knowledge, we have the understanding where we can put this together and we can live completely different lives than our parents even had to. I just posted today, like one generation before us, it was still so much about survival, right? You think about the way our parents thought about money versus how we think about money is so different. It's so different, you know? So we're evolving and we're on this journey. I always say like all of life is always moving toward healing and regeneration. We're working it out, but I think we're at this like head right now, this time globally, right? And it's not even just North America. There's so much going on globally where it's like, we are at a head with this. Like we're looking at all these things and it's really exciting, you know, because it's exciting that when we work on these things at a personal level, the impact on the family, the impact on the community, and for us as entrepreneurs and ambitious people with impact and with influence, one regulated nervous system can change everything. They say, you know, with foster kids, kids that go through horrific abuse, just one regulated adult being in the presence of that regulated adult just for a small amount of time completely changes the trajectory and the resources of that um, child's physiology. So you think about you and your business, whoever's watching this, like Sarah, I know you impact thousands of people. I don't impact as many, but, but thousands, but a very few thousand, right? And then those of you that are watching, like who's in your communities, right? 
your regulation, your capacity to hold that space and have that presence and have that regulation just in your life, in your family, and then in your community, we are looking at a completely different world. So it's just such an exciting time to be alive. I fully agree with you. And I feel like that's such a good place to stop because it's comes back to like, you're fucking welcome, right? Like this is why why we do this work. This is why we're, we're on these paths to better Right, right to better lives. And it's, yes, it's about the money, but it's about so much more than that. I deeply believe the impact that we have the potential to make in such big ways is enormous, let alone, again, when we incorporate this really important work. And so this is like, again, you're fucking welcome. Paying you is you're fucking welcome personified. Truly. <laughs> I will have to have you back because I feel like we could talk for another six hours. Oh like God. I have so many more questions. I know you have lots of answers. And so we'll have to figure that out. But uh, thank you so much for being here. Let everyone know where they can connect with you, find you, all of that fun stuff. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. I have to say that, you know, I love you. I've been in your world for like, it's almost five years now, which is crazy to that think. It's crazy. Um, so thank you so much for having me. It's just of course. Thank so you. awesome to be with you. Um, and I saw that you're a generator on your, your human design that you posted. <laughs> and so I can feel the generator energy. I'm a generator too. And it's just like buzzing between us. It's really cool in a good way. Not a, not an anxiety buzzing. Um, so I just want to say that because I love you and, um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, grow, heal, change is my, what do you call it? Handle. Is that what you call it? And you can get on the wait list if you're a practitioner and you want to apply this work. If you're a therapist, psychiatrist, body worker, coach, doesn't matter what niche you're in, um, you can get on the wait list for the School of Embodied Healing Systems at shilacash.com slash embodied healing systems. And when you sign up for that, you get access to the private podcast that's available for, for the wait list there. Um, and then I'm Shyla Cash on Facebook. You can message me in this group if you want. And then I have a public podcast called the heal for real podcast that has about maybe about 60. No, more than that. I don't know how many lots of episodes there that you, if you want to kind of understand this more and the technicalities and the spirituality, um, you can listen to that. I'm sure it is super insightful. We will make sure we link to all of that, but thank you again. I really appreciate you being here. We'll chat soon. I'm sure. Yes. Thanks so much, Sarah. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, I would really, really, really appreciate it if you took the time to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps the show a ton, and I would be super grateful.